the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together tonight and uh, heading into the weekend. I hope you have a great weekend. In a few minutes, uh, we will cover a wonderful story about Richmond, Virginia, a friend of mine, and her stand, standing up and uh, fighting back. That'll be what you need to know. The window today, the window. Don't forget, it's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Go over to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the daily email. You won't regret it. goes out at 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time. It gets in your inbox, tells you a few key things you need to know, plus the wink from the night before, and sets you on your course for the day. So uh, look forward to that. ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there. In a few minutes, we'll talk with John Schlafly. He's in studio tonight. He will talk to us about his weekly column, and we'll touch base on um, with the news I'm going to talk about in a moment. And his column this week is about Herman Cain, great man, great successful American, uh, wonderful story, and he passed away uh, about a week ago, uh, and uh, John and Andy Schlafly, the Schlafly Report, wrote about that. And we will also hear from David Horowitz, the great David Horowitz, a lengthy interview. I pre-recorded it. You'll enjoy it. Uh, he's extraordinary and uh, just quite a guy, amazing writer now at this point. He's in his early 80s, and he keeps just pumping out a book or two every year, sometimes three. So we'll talk with David Horowitz. All right, but let me um, get to what you need to know today. And this is going to be a two-part. First of all, what you need to know is what you think and believe and feel and how you talk about it makes a difference to what happens. Now you say, oh, what does that mean? I mean, does, am I giving you the Norman Vincent Peel, you know, the power of positive thinking? Well, sort of. But I'm especially saying it when it comes to the economy. When it comes to how to overcome all this pandemic stuff, you know, we have to get our mind, I've told you before, around the positivity because it builds on things. So we had Dr. Fauci on an interview. He said the other day, um, we don't need to close down again. We don't need to shut down. We, we beat the problem of the bad uh, hospital rush. It's not going to need that. And then the next thing he said, they said, so that's good news. The media covered it like it was um, mixed news. But then the next thing he was asked about, I think earlier today, could have been late last night, he was asked um, about vaccines. And he said what's true. I've told you this before. Vaccines are very tough on coronavirus, which is what the Wuhan China virus is. And he said that. He said, you know, I'm not too optimistic. That's a scientist. On the other hand, we've never had a pandemic in modern medicine since maybe you know, 1917. So we're going to see what we can do. And I think that's what you should say is we've never turned the full force of world knowledge on the question of getting a vaccine. I'm, I'm more optimistic than that. You know, we've got uh, this week, uh, I noticed SpaceX, uh, Elon Musk gave his his all of his SpaceX employees a day off, I think. And, you know, they had such a successful run, about a month's worth of, of unbelievable private partnerships with the government to launch uh, uh, spaceships and all. We can do anything when we want to. So I'm more optimistic. But here's a big one. The news out today for the July jobs uh, report is that July created 1.8 million jobs. In the face of the pandemic, we had job creation. Now, we're coming from a really deep hole, no doubt about it. But the point is, we're coming out of it. 
And that's what Fauci was saying. That's what Trump's been saying. That's what everybody's been saying. And so the message should to yourself should be, okay, we have to manage risks. We have to be aware of it, but we're coming out of it. What you need to know is when you understand what's happening, we're coming out of a hole, out of a downtime, out of the great pause. Well, it's going to get better and better every day. It's going to get better and better every day. Stop market. Remember, I tell you, the Eagle Index. Eagle Ed Index, Eagle Ed's Index, four things. Dow Jones Industrial Average, Wall Street up over 27,000. It's up close to where it was before the shutdown, before the great pause. Unemployment, high number, but headed the right direction, right? Going the right direction. Consumer confidence and small business confidence up, up, up. So all the indices are in the right direction, and we have to be understanding how important it is to celebrate that. Earlier today, the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, no big conservative, he did what President Trump's been saying, which is he said the schools will open in person in New York. Does it mean it's going to be perfect? No. Does it mean there's going to be sickness? Of course. But it means that that's the best move for us. If you go to the CDC's website, they tell you exactly how schools can go and, you know, how their recommendations from science. And that's totally possible. Is it easy? No. Is it simple? No. We're in a pandemic. But can we figure it out? Yeah, that's exactly what we do. That's exactly what Americans do. You listen to, you know, in a few minutes, listen to John Schlafly talk about Herman Cain's life. Listen to David Horowitz, a self-made guy out of nowhere. At the end of the program, I'll talk about uh, Helen Marie Taylor in Richmond, Virginia. Extraordinary success. We, Whenever we want to, we can do great things. And whenever, whenever we need to, we do it even better. So, you know, we're less than 90 days from an election. The polls are all flipping around. Trump is doing better, but it doesn't matter. What matters to me, I mean, it matters. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not being silly. It does matter. But I'm saying in this context, what matters is getting our mindset around the positive message that we're going to get through this. We're going to figure things out. We're going to get some breaks. Maybe we figure out, I'll talk to John Schlafly, maybe we figure out how, how hydroxychloroquine and zinc and, erith- and uh, erythromycin, how they work together as a prophylaxis or early on. Maybe we get some studies. So far, I haven't seen the studies that have disproven it. They disprove using it in the end of their life, which is what I think that makes sense. But when you're trying to do prophylaxis, maybe, but we'll get that, some other therapeutics, maybe a vaccine, maybe the uh, a virus will start to change, which is what President Trump means, that a lot of times they just change and fade. Maybe we'll get some of that. But what we know now is we took the great pause. Whether you agreed with it or not, we did it. It's over. It's past. And it had the effect that we needed, which was not have our hospitals be broken. Now we have to do risk management on people that could get really sick and get ourselves back to work. That's what's going on. That's what you need to know. That's what you need to know today is it's time to get excited, positive, moving. And look, not there's still a lot of problems. Don't get me wrong. But the path is clear now. The path is squared out. You can see it. And we just got to keep charging out into it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will talk with uh, John Schlafly, the Schlafly Report, and then later on, David Horowitz. And don't forget, ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there and get yourself uh, the Daily Wink in your inbox, 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time. We'll take a quick break. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the ProAmerica Report. Back in a moment. This is the ProAmerica Report on The Answer, San Diego. (laughs) 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I'm with uh, John Schlafly in person today. I'm with John. We're going to talk about his weekly column. It was delayed for us to talk here on the air. John uh, writes his weekly column, the Schlafly Report, which is available, of course, over at our sister site, townhall.com, and also at phyllisschlafly.com. This week's column is called Wuhan Virus Takes the Life of Herman Cain. Perfectly fitting, actually, that we're talking today. Herman Cain... I think it's one of the memorial services for him. Had an extraordinary life, uh, self-made American. If you haven't read his um, biography, at least in his obituary, he's extraordinary. Uh, just a great American success. And he died about a week ago, and the, some of the remembrances have been this week. So, all right, John, before we get to that, let me ask you, I, I don't want to get, lose my time with you. The jobs number came out today, and a bunch of jobs uh, gained, but the economy's still where it is. Do you, is there a way that the president really can sort of take credit for coming back? Do you think that's really true? Well, we do have we we did dive into a deep hole, Ed. And uh, by the way, it's great to be with you in the studio today, Ed. You have what a great studio you have, as a matter of fact. But uh, uh, but we still have some ways to get back to get back to the best economy in the world, as uh, the president likes to say, before we were struck by the Chinese coronavirus. And and today's job number. Uh, for which I guess is for the month of July, as was a very very good report. But we have a ways to go. Yeah. Uh, John, okay, let's go to let's talk about uh, Herman Cain because he did die of coronavirus, uh, the Wuhan virus. They they tried initially to say, oh my gosh, he was at the Tulsa rally where the president spoke, and I saw him. By the way, one of our our old friends, she's been one of our participants at Eagle Council, Stacy Washington, who is a wonderful uh, voice uh, for conservatism, and she's on the I think the it's called um, Black Voices for Trump, a coalition of African-American folks, and she's on there. And I saw her at the Tulsa rally sitting next to Herman Cain. I mean, Herman Cain is one of these magnetic personalities, but it, it became clear afterwards that he did not get sick until weeks after that rally. It wasn't from the rally. But walk us through what you're saying in this column. Again, the column, the Phyllis Schlafly report that John and Andy Schlafly write, uh, the title is Wuhan Virus Takes the Life of Herman Cain. Walk us through this, John. Well, we did want to begin by paying tribute to the late Herman Cain, who was a great conservative leader. And what a reproach to what Vice President Joe Biden said, where he said he made one yet another of his idiotic remarks, saying there was no diversity in the black community. Well, even worse, let me get that out. He said something like, you know, in the Hispanic community, there's lots of diversity, you know, not like in the African-American community. It's an extraordinary thing to say. He walked it back by kind of saying, well... You all knew what I meant or something. I mean, you have to wonder on that question, of course, about what a month ago he said, if you're if you're voting for anybody but me, uh, you're not re- you ain't really black. Uh, it's not. It sounds a little bit like my grandpa, who wasn't the most enlightened uh, man in talking about race. But anyway, let's go back to the column, John. Well, Herman Cain did die of uh, coronavirus, and Ed, as you say, there is no evidence that he either caught the virus at the Trump rally or that he infected anyone else when he was there. You know, we've heard this. A lot of people say that uh, Cain was uh, spotted at the rally not wearing a mask, but uh, that is really irrelevant. But he did contract it somehow, and he was hospitalized and unfortunately died at the age of 74, which is much too young. You're, you're, you're like, you're, you're around your age. So anyway, keep going. And, and, and uh, Herman Cain did not have comorbidities as far as we know. 
Well, on that one, I, I asked my wife, as you know, I check in with my wife, who's a physician. He had had stage four colon cancer 15 years ago, was completely, 12 years ago, completely healed of that. And when I initially heard it, I said, oh, oh, this is what they're going to say. He had a, com- uh, a, a compromised immune system. The family clarified that and said, no, no, he had been totally cancer free, had not had any treatment, had actually been healthier than he'd ever been in terms of exercise regimen. Also, so here's a 73 year old, you know, not, and all these things, like he, he probably, I don't think he looked like a heavy drinker. He didn't look like he had diseases. And he does get the disease, this, the, the Wuhan virus, and, it, and he died from it. Yes, and uh, we mentioned in the column that although Herman Cain had, uh, before he got sick, he had talked about or promoted the benefits of hydroxychloroquine, um, but there's no evidence that he was treated with it after he was hospitalized. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, as uh, Ed uh, uh, the government uh, has a has a stockpile of millions of doses of that drug, but they're only making available to hospitals, which is, in many cases, it's too late. That drug, to the extent that it does seem to work, it seems to work when it's administered early, uh, perhaps uh, when you, you just become infected before you become sick, and it doesn't work as well, apparently, as far as we can tell, after somebody has been hospitalized, and certainly not after they're on a ventilator, which is, unfortunately, many people who go on a ventilator do not come off of it. That's very, very sad. Well, and we're talking with John Schlafway, and the weekly column this week is on the Wuhan virus takes the life of Herman Cain. John, you just mentioned this on the on the hydroxychloroquine with zinc or erythromycin. You know, um, the the I think it was the Peruvian president was interviewed six, three months ago, and he said we're all on it. They put it on it as a prophylaxis. Here's my question about this: All the studies I've seen are they give it to someone who's already either on a ventilator or close to it, and of course it doesn't work. And no one is saying why. Why would you know? If you, if it's not okay, why did President Trump do a cycle and the Peruvian president do a cycle and others do a cycle? And I guess my point here is, is this an example of CNN and the anti-Trump fake news so effectively weaponizing we hate this president and he talked about this positively that we're living with out access to it i mean it feels that way to me in which case cnn is responsible for for tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people being sicker than they should because they couldn't get access to a drug that's been around for 50 years and is is otherwise safe well you, am i overstating it no i i don't think you're overstating it although you didn't mention dr fauci i mean he if if, if fauci has continued to talk it down um and so that's unfortunate. And, and comments from the so-called experts uh, have had the effect of the drug not being available because the pharmacy boards have issued regulations that the drug cannot be dispensed, even with a doctor's prescription, unless uh, the person has had a positive test and symptoms. And so that completely excludes using the drug for prophylactic purposes, which means preventive. And so you can't just, most people cannot just go to their doctor and get the drug and and take it as a preventive purpose. If, for example, if they've been exposed to someone who had the disease. So but why, why I, I'm, I'm pardon my ignorance, why is it not available? Why is it a prescribed drug at all? Why isn't it like a, you know, like a heavy duty? I mean, it's not a narcotic, right? It's not, it's not a painkiller. Why couldn't it be like on the aisle where the zinc is? I mean, you can go buy zinc and it, and, and it, you know, the, you, you, I guess... Uh, it, what what about it makes it have to be regulated? Do you know? 
Well, I don't think it is necessary. Uh, you know, many drugs that formerly were uh, prescription only have been made over the counter, often in lower doses. And there's no reason why a low dose version of hydroxychloroquine cannot be an over the counter drug. It is very safe. Yes, there are a few side effects in in certain uh, certain people, but that's true of Tylenol too. And uh, and yet Tylenol is available to anyone and hydroxy should be the same as that so are are any places in america able to dispense it if if you got sick right now and you said maybe i have covid can you go into your doctor and he can say okay i'll try it i i I don't see any reason that it would hurt you and if you want to try it i'm okay with it well, first you have to go to a doctor and and find a doctor who agrees to give you a prescription. So that's the first hurdle. Um, and uh, but uh, secondly, then the prescription has to be filled by a pharmacist. And what we've just learned uh, recently, recent weeks, is that every state has a board of regulators for the. Uh, pharmacies, and edicts have gone out in many states telling pharmacies that they are not allowed to fill prescriptions uh, to patients who do not meet the qualifications, and the qualifications are stricter than they should be. Uh, so they have to have a positive test, and that may take a week right there. I mean, not everyone can get a rapid test. Most people go get tested. They don't get the results back in a week or, or more. Uh, and uh, um, and then there's the question of whether they are showing symptoms or not. So that excludes millions of people who possibly could benefit from a low dose of this medication. All right, John, we got we got to wrap up here. Um, let me just say, uh, you, you did this column. I know the late Phyllis Schlafly, your mother, and again, we're talking with John Schlafly, who's half of the Schlafly Report over at, at townhall.com and phyllisschlafly.com. But John, uh, how do you solve the problem on this? Is it is it can the president do an executive order that cuts through it? Do we have to you know uh, tie uh, Dr. Fauci uh, into uh, uh, into uh, regulatory knots? Uh, change the CDC laws? What could you do to solve this? Well, the president has enormous powers, and President Trump, for all the great things he's done, has not used. Uh, uh, all of the powers of the presidency. Uh, he's done a lot. He's issued an emergency order to build the wall along the border and got that upheld by the courts. Now, that's a great, that was a great thing. But there are many more things he can do. And this is one example. This is a critical public health emergency. There are powers uh, for the president and for governors. Uh, and uh, certain governors, um, like the governor of Ohio, have used these emergency powers, and they should do that in this case with regard to making the medication readily available to millions of people who could benefit from it right now, today. All right, John Schlafly, the Schlafly Report every week at townhall.com and archived over at phyllisschlafly.com. Thank you, John, and we'll again talk next week. It's uh, That's worth the column's worth of read. So we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our old friend David Horowitz joins us. He, of course, is the author of uh, a Blitz. Blitz. We'll talk about that in a moment. He's a best-selling author uh, of uh, Blitz as well as other books. Blitz is called Trump Will Smash the Left and Win. Uh, but I have to tell you, David, I was reading. I'm, I'm, vi- I'm visiting St. Louis. I'm in St. Louis. I spent some time. I was in Phyllis Schlafly's library at the Phyllis Schlafly Center. And on her shelf, David Horowitz, is one of your other books, The End of Time. 
and I took it. I'm, I took it. I'm, I had my family's back on the East Coast, and I sat up the other night and read the whole thing. I read it was I don't know, it's 150 pages, 160 pages, and I went all the way through it, and it's fa- it's fantastic. So welcome, David Horowitz. How are you tonight, David? I'm doing good. Um, so listen. It's uh, it's fa- just let me ask you about the end of time. You know, it, it, you it's it's 15 years old. You just at that moment at, at that time that you're writing it, you you had cancer. Um, so that's a long time ago now. Uh, but it was it's kind of a memoir, but it's not a memoir. It's kind of a it's it's funny because you've done so many books since. It felt like an, a capstone to your career. It turns out it's in the middle of your career. I don't know what's what's the reception to the end of time, and what's your thoughts about it now? Actually, have followed it up. I think. I, I, I wrote two two other books like it, and I've collected uh-huh. them. I, I, I will uh, I'll get you a copy. I, uh, in a book called Mortality and Faith. It's autobiographical. Okay. It's philosophical, um, and uh, yeah, I think it's my best work actually. So, but well, I have to tell you, well, because people people want politics from me. I mean, there's you know some politics in it, but. Not a lot. Yeah, it's it, 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 the other. Th- the uh, we're talking with David Horowitz, and and of course, there's so many things that David Horowitz has done, and, and we'll talk more about them. But I have to say, David, the other thing when I put it down, I thought David Horowitz, a little bit like Phyllis Schlafly, does a lot of did a lot of th- does a lot of things. She did too, but you're really a writer. I mean, you, you, you I, I, as I read it, I thought he's a writer. This this man is a writer, and so let me reference here: Blitz, Trump will how Trump will sm- Trump will smash the left and win. David, we watch these polls. The media is feeding us. The negativity. They say the president's on his heels. Is the president on his heels? No, you can't. You, I, I, I'm, I'm speechless at the level of lying and fakery that the Democrats and the left and all these intellectual liars do. I mean, you watch them on TV. The, they're all peaceful protests. Oh, there's uh, some violence. It must be a white supremacist doing the, <laughs> the violence. Right. Oh, there are federal agents trying to protect the courthouse. They're Gestapo. Uh, it's just unreal. It, the media is rigged, and so are the polls rigged. But the the main thing is that people don't want to talk to pollsters. They don't people. I forget the exact statistic, but it's something over 60% of Republicans hide their views. And they hide right. their views because, of the, the look, we're dealing with communists. People have to understand that. They have to understand the Democrat Party is behaving like a communist party. They destroy you. It's no longer, you know, a civilized discussion. It's no longer American pluralism where we're supposed to have many points of view and respect each other. The Democrats set out, and they they set out to destroy you. Look at what they, they did to the Attorney General of the United States. This guy had a 30-year career, of really spotless career, in at the upper reaches of our government. Uh, but, but because he's a, Trump's Attorney General... Now, you know, he's a stooge. He's in Trump's pocket. Uh, And when they have a hearing for him, all it is is a series of indictments. They don't let him speak. Uh, They call him all kinds of names. Uh, They lie to his face. And when he tries to set the record straight, they shut him up, reclaiming my time. 
So I don't <laughs> right. believe the polls. I don't believe the polls. Um, you know, the Rasmussen poll was the most accurate in the last election. They have Trump at a 51% approval rating. Um, and, you know, within whatever it is, two points or something of, of Biden. But I think there's a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a really large, silent majority out there. I think people, he, here's why. What we have in our country now is that 400 cities have been torched. They uh, defunded, eliminated police departments, leaving people in, in urban areas on their own facing criminals. Uh, murder rates are skyrocketing. Crime rates are skyrocketing. Yeah, well, what do you think the average person feels? What, what does the average person want from their government? Safety. They want borders to keep out uh, sex traffickers, cartel members, common criminals, and viruses. And they want their cities to be safe. The black community, by a margin of like 20%, wants more police. When I did right. crime stories in South Central Los Angeles, I would ask, you know, I did interview the mothers of murdered children by, in, by, gang, uh, by the gangs down there. I'd say, what's your complaint about the police? They're not enough of them, and they're not here when you need them. That was the complaint. Mm-hmm. So, right. uh, yeah, right. I'm confident that, that uh, Trump will win. We're talking with we're well, talking David Horowitz, his newest book. book. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And that's because uh, he fights. I, I want. I wanted to make sure to let people know the book. The the uh, the book is uh, Blitz. Trump will smash the left and win. Available everywhere books are. It's, it's uh, it climbed up and interesting. It was out and then we we had you on. We talked about it. It's up on the it's on the New York Times bestseller list. It's 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 getting very popular. Um, David, you, you know one thing that was interesting to me last weekend. I think it was the New York Times took after Stephen Miller and decided to make you a big part of that. Right? You you suddenly uh, were you're you're the you're the uh, you're the they're trying to still figure out how Stephen Miller got so successful. So you're the man behind that. Um, but Talk to me about when you hear people say Trump hasn't done enough. You know, you get that from some on the right. And you you want to say any president since Abraham Lincoln. There's no president even comes close to his achievements. And he's only had he hasn't even had one term. And one term he's done more than, you know, every president since Lincoln did in two terms. Um, you know, it's astounding what he's done when you think about it for a second. Uh, you know, I just like I never paid that much attention to trade issues and economics. I was always about politics and the culture. But look what he did. He has exposed the fact that Bush, Clinton and Obama were either so lazy, so corrupt, or so just didn't care that they allowed China and Europe and Japan to steal trillions of dollars every year for whatever it was, 20 years until he came along and renegotiated these deals, you know, by threatening them with tariffs. And he was opposed by every, everybody. Wall Street said the you can't use tariffs that way. There'll be tariff wars. It's bad. The Republicans said it. Of course, the Democrats said it. 
and he did it anyway, and he he succeeded. Same thing with like NATO. I mean, our our presidents, and it's all of them, Republican and Democrat alike. Uh, you know, we under we underwriting Germany's defense. That's idiotic. Germany's a rich right. country. They're supposed to contribute two percent to NATO, and I, I forget how much money he's. Got. It's over a hundred billion dollars. He got them to for the Europeans to fork up, so that right. American taxpayers don't have to pay the burden. He's a remarkable achiever. Uh, you know, he talks a little too much, um, and they take advantage <laughs> of it. But other than that, I mean, he's he's just been brilliant as a president. Uh, we're talking with David Horowitz, and David, it's, I want a couple things. I want a frontpagemag.com. A lot of our folks know the work that he, that's his crew that uh, does a lot of the work there and his writings there, but also make sure David Horowitz Freedom Center is in L.A., uh, the, the amazing work they do, and again, his book, which is climbing, is called Blitz, Trump Will Smash the Left and Win. But I want to ask you one more question, David Horowitz. Because you know the communists, you know the left. They, they, the, this president has smoked them out. They're burning our cities because he smoked them out. The media is going crazy because he smoked them out. The swamp is going nuts because he smoked them out. But when he wins, they're not going to stop, right? I mean, in some no, ways, four years of war. Oh yes, it's going to be a long time before this country comes through this. Uh, it's really terrible. I mean, what's happened is the left has exposed itself. It's shown how powerful it is, and it has, you know, giant corporations behind it. It's got all the, uh, you know, uh, the Soros, I hate calling them philanthropies, they're just tax-exempt political operations. Uh, Ford, Rockefeller, all these giant um, foundations of way to the left. And the Democrat Party has gone, it's all been a cliff. It's a racist party. It, it, it tried to overthrow a legitimately elected president with lies that it knew were lies about the Russia collusion. It's tried to blame him for every coronavirus death when he doesn't control one health care system in the, in the country that they're controlled at the state level. It's Andrew Cuomo who sent the COVID patients into the nursing homes and killed all those old people. Trump, Trump, what did Trump do? He did what he's supposed to do. He got all these ventilators. We're the number one producer of ventilators in the world. He got all these masks. He got all these, you know, we test more people than anybody else in the world, thanks to Trump. And he's going to get vaccines. He's done a wonderful job of fighting the virus. And he's trying to do the hard thing as a leader of reopening the country. And now, you know, there's but, but, stories about all the t- tuberculosis. Tuberculosis kills like something like a million and a half people a year and, and shutting people in, closing down the economy and, uh, is created, you know, intensified the tuberculosis e- epidemic. Also, a lot, I'm sure, illegal immigration yeah. has a lot to do with that well, as well. It- and, yeah, and, so. and well, and the thing, remarkable yeah. leader. Yeah, well, and David, I got to run. David Horowitz, I, I'm so the, thing, the, the, the one takeaway from this that people have to understand that's why David Horowitz's voice is so important, and his his book is Good Blitz, but his other books, uh, especially on the history of the left, are important for people to read and understand because, as you said, after Trump wins. 
they're still going to fight. It, it, it doesn't end. It's not going to say, oh, good, well, you won. It's, it's, a, it's a battle that continues. And, then, and thank you, David Horowitz. i got to run. Uh, David Horowitz, again, I'll put it all up all right, on social David. media, his newest book. And I appreciate it very much, David. Thank you. I'm going to send you mortality and faith. You'll love the next, the next volume. It's, it's called A Point right. in Time. Okay, sounds great. Thanks, David. Okay, I appreciate it. Thanks very much. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Seattle's so-called Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, also referred to as CHAZ, was purported to be a new nation within the United States. Antifa protesters cordoned off six blocks of downtown Seattle to protest police officers and to create a police-free zone promoting love and harmony. The police precinct in downtown Seattle was abandoned by Seattle police. Police were prevented from even entering CHAZ once it was formed. This left Seattle citizens at the mercy of Chaz's unwelcome new residents. It didn't take long for this leftist utopia to erupt into gun violence, leaving one wounded and a 19-year-old dead. How can a place meant to promote justice, peace, and love result in such violence? Unfortunately, utopias don't exist. Time and time again, law and order is the only thing that inhibits widespread violence. When the police are restrained from protecting the people, the only option left is self-defense. The Second Amendment is always under attack by the leftist agenda. Liberals believe guns are inherently dangerous. Actually, that depends on the people holding them. Any tool can be misused in the wrong hands, as we all know. But in the right hands, problems can be fixed. Liberals like to say that we don't need citizens to carry guns for self-defense because they have the police to defend them from criminals. At the same time, these liberals want to abolish the police. They can't have their cake and eat it, too. With the presidential election around the bend, people need to consider their safety. When the police refuse to come or are forbidden from entering a police-free zone like Chaz, what will you do? Our Second Amendment provides the freedom to defend and the right to protect yourself and your loved ones. That right is not meant to promote gun violence, but to prevent it. The right to bear arms prevents tyranny and anarchy. Voting for a candidate who understands this is so vital at this time. We need to prevent other anarchist communities like Chaz from devouring our nation, our rights, and especially our youth. Chaz and Washington State's leftist politicians have taken a chunk out of our country. Let's not let them take any more. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. It's time to hear the truth, not the media lies, about gun rights. At phyllisschlafly.com, we've got strategies to protect American citizens, protect ourselves, and protect the Second Amendment. For the latest on the constitutionally protected right to bear arms, go to phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Thank you for listening. Hey, we're heading into a, a great weekend. I hope you have a wonderful time uh, with your family, friends, whatever you're doing. If you're working, I hope work goes well. But it's almost a weekend time. And let me just wrap up a few things. First of all, it's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, ProAmericaReport.com. ProAmericaReport.com. People keep telling me that when they get signed up for the daily email I send Monday through Friday, 
it sets their day off right and gives you what you need to know. So I hope you will. Um, I hope you will check that out. All right. Uh, wrapping things up. You know, I talk about the wink, what you need to know, but also what you need to do. And one of the things, let me as we go into the weekend. I don't want to start your weekend on fighting terms, especially if you're listening to this and you're I don't know going out for a, a late night pizza or a drink or something. Don't get in a fight. But what we need to do, what you need to do, the window tonight. I want to mention is you got to fight back. You know, last night we talked about lawfare and the fact that the Attorney General of Virginia, uh, excuse me, New York, has decided to take out the NRA. We talked about how uh, the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax led to the Mueller investigation, which was meant to disable, if not remove, a sitting president. Of course, the lawfare that's waged against General Flynn is so clear. Well, one of the other ones, sometimes you got to fight back and use the weapons, right? You can't unilaterally disarm. And down in Richmond, Virginia, my inspiration for thinking about a window tonight, window, what you need to do, is Helen Marie Taylor, my old friend. She's the chairman of the board of the organization of which I'm president, the Eagle Forum Educational Legal Defense Fund. She's 96 years young. She's lived through a lot of battles. She was instrumental in in the founding of a lot of the conservative groups that stood up against the left, especially in the 60s and 70s, early funder and and founder and and worker. She served as the ambassador at the time it was called representative to the U.N. uh, under uh, Ronald Reagan. And she's just an advisor to lots of people. And she's smart and she's savvy and she's tough. But you know what she mostly is? She's fearless. And so when everybody started tearing down historical monuments across the country, they came for Richmond, Virginia, her hometown, and the street she's lived on for 50 years, actually 55, I think now, is Monument Avenue. And at one end of Monument Avenue, of course, is the Arthur Ashe Monument. And at the other end is, I think, Robert E. Lee or one of the other heroes of that period or, you know, heroic uh, monuments that people put up these monuments. Arthur Ashe is a hero and down Monument Avenue near her home is Jefferson Davis. And as everybody that's had any common sense has said is don't decide that you know better than everybody else who at the time put up the statues. You want to say you're offended by something now. Fair enough. I'm offended by Bill Clinton having uh, schools named after him. I'm offended by Barack Obama having schools named after him. I think that's too soon and not appropriate. But that, that, that's a conversation. So if people want to say that they're offended by a statue, that's they're allowed to do that. It's America. But then you have to have the context. And Helen Marie Taylor's point is on Richmond Avenue. It's a celebration of unity, of, of history, and it's also beautiful. So while everybody else ran tail, as they say, ran away scared, you know what Helen Marie Taylor did? She fought back, 96 years old. She did interviews with the Washington Post. She did interviews with the Richmond Times. She did interviews. And then she said, well, you know what? Wait a second. You guys set up this system of us living together, and there's a law on the books that says if you take down these historic statues, which have been designated by everybody from Jimmy Carter to Bill Clinton, everybody, the historic preservation, the historic district in Richmond where these people live, has a certain status because of that. And suddenly you're going to tear down the statues. And what are you going to do? You're going to affect her property value. Of course, you're going to diminish her property value dramatically. But so she went into court and she said, hold on a second. Before you go tearing these things down, you're supposed to respect the law. And you know what happened? 96 years old. The, the thugs that were protesting threw rocks in her yard, kicked down a fence, threatened her. She had to get security for a few days. And you know what she did? She kept fighting back. 
She kept fighting back. There's a story two days ago. She won another injunction. At least they're talking about it. Most people hide and run and are scared. Some people fight back. And here's the thing. I'm not saying everybody can fight back every time. I am saying that some of us are called to stand up and fight back. Helen Marie Taylor showed the way. In fact, one of her interviews with the Washington Post was brutal. She said to the reporter, I just look around and I shake my head and say, she said, I, I don't, where are the men that should be standing up to these people? Meaning the thugs, the, 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 uh, the people that were protesting and spray painting and destroying things. So sometimes what you, need to do, what you need to know is the truth, but sometimes what you need to do is fight back in whatever way you can. Again, you got to find your space in this fight, and it could be you know, one of the things I keep telling you. We're less than, we're less than three months away from the election in November. Lots of local races, but every single seat in Congress is up and the presidency is up. And in many states, there's there's Senate races. And so if you can't support a candidate near you, find one in a state where your friends live, your brother lives, your sister lives, your parents live, whatever. Find someone and get involved. Get involved. What you need to do is the time for yelling at your computer and listening to me. It's a good time. But you got to take the next step, too. So anyway, that's my window. And salute to Helen Marie Taylor. What an amazing woman. What an amazing leader. Uh, fearless in courage. You know, uh, it just is fun to watch. And she's a wonderful, charming kind of uh, uh, character, too. So uh, good for her. All right. got to run. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you, as always, to the great uh, Noah, our technical director, and Joanna for booking our great guests. And I hope you enjoyed David Horowitz. Go over to ProAmericaReport.com. Every interview is over there. You can find them and listen again. Have a great weekend, everybody. Everybody, it's Ed Martin, Pro America Report. Be back Monday. Talk to you then.